1: Many of us are waiting for a specific result to mm. love ourselves. The milestone came and went and the love never came.
2: Mm. A lot of us, like I said, have spent the majority of our lives really hating our bodies. And we're now taking that same mindset into fitness, thinking we're going to love fitness you can love fitness and hate your body oh, you need to get to a point where you love your body
1: fitness does not fit all yeah particularly fitness culture fitness culture does not fit all yeah. hello and welcome to the to my sisters podcast
2: i'm renee and i'm courtney and we are your online sisters and hosts of the to my sisters podcast now we are all about promoting the wellness
1: growth and development of a community of sisters across the world
2: and in today's episode we are going to be talking physical health fitness overcoming Gym Anxiety, piggybacking off of last week's episodes where we touched on the Alyssa Ashley situation, we did mention that we would circle back to talking about fitness, talking about the fitness industry, talking about our feelings towards the fitness industry, but also Body image and how we feel about our bodies, and this was actually so coincidental. Somebody had then requested that we do this exact episode, so thank you so much for your request. And, ladies, we do always want to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. And the same sis who actually sent in this suggestion is the one who sent in today's dilemma. Ooh! So this episode is just about her. Oh my God! <laughs> so let's get into it. I am in my early 20s and I'm very new to dating, mainly postponed as I wanted to focus on my degree and bettering myself before entering a relationship. I had started dating a guy who is so good and treats me so well mm-hmm. so far anyway. However, I am a master in self-sabotage and can't help but see red flags even though this guy really isn't showing any. Mm-hmm. He's my boyfriend now. How do I go about creating space in my heart for love when I am so used to being disappointed by the men in my life? Brothers, fathers, uncles, etc. To be honest, I have historically had a poor image of men in general. Despite doing quite a bit of internal work and forgiving the men in my life, I still find myself doubting whether I will find or be worthy of love. I'm scared I'm going to scare a good guy away or on the other end of the spectrum become all consumed by the first guy to show me what it is like to be loved. Please help, kiss kiss.
1: Oh, kiss, kiss, girl, kiss, kiss. (laughs) What a dilemma. First of all, I hear it. The thing about love and relationships and all that kind of good stuff is you can't get away from the reality that you have to be vulnerable. Mm. And I think this is one of those areas in which you actually have to be vulnerable even with your shortcomings, which is in this case projection. Mm. I think many of us, unknowingly or also knowingly in your case can project our relationships or project our dealings with men onto the other people that come into our Mm -hmm. life which is understandable but also unfair Mm. and sometimes when you go looking for red flags as you said this can really lead you down the road of self-sabotage and you end up actually sabotaging what could have potentially been one of the best things to enter your life so i do think that whilst you are going on this journey of like personal growth and all of that like amazing stuff, the reality of having somebody new enter your life can actually test the the weightiness of the foundations that you've set up and can mm. actually test how good are the things that you have now, you know, built in your life to mm. withstand the reality of somebody new coming in. Mm-hmm. Cause it's so easy to, you know, decide that I want to be on this journey of personal growth and become a better version of myself. But oftentimes the testing comes through other people. Mm. So this is a great opportunity for you to actually sit down with yourself and really think about the areas to which um, these kind of exploits that you've been getting up to are actually working and uncover exactly what it is about your past relationships with men that you have mapped out onto your boyfriend. Also, congratulations, sis, that you've actually got a boyfriend. That's Mm -hmm. exciting. That's new. That's, hey, good for you. Mm -hmm. Um, And love is wonderful. Love is exciting. Mm -hmm. Love is scary. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I said earlier, it does mean that you have to open yourself up. And I would actually encourage you to speak to your boyfriend Mm -hmm. and let him know, you know, some of the misgivings or some of the fears that you actually have around you know projection your relationship with men your father your brother depending on the level of intimacy that you two have in Mm -hmm. fact this might be an opportunity for you to actually build intimacy Mm -hmm. um and exchange you know what are the fears that you have about your relationship what are the fears that you have about yourself and really enter that vulnerable territory such that you can be able to grow and potentially work together to actually overcome these things this is not necessarily a battle that you have to face alone and kind Mm -hmm. of like deal with yourself in order to be a better a you know partner but this can be something that you can actually flag to him and say hey I'm dealing with you know projection issues issues with men um, and I want you to also potentially hold me accountable when it does feel like I may be projecting or mapping out some of the experiences that I've had with other men or you know mapping out the interactions that I've had with other men onto you so again having that space and it's scary it really is scary in practice because that's the thing about personal growth and self-development we grapple so much with the theory and we grapple so much with doing this kind of journey alone that when we are faced with the reality of I have to now be vulnerable and transparent with another person especially in you know the romantic area it's really scary Mm -hmm. because you're putting yourself out there and oftentimes many of us have put ourselves out there and we've you know ended up with a broken heart Mm or we've ended up broken but If you are willing to, you know, trust your gut, if you're willing to step out on faith and you're really willing to see where this could go, then it requires some degree of sacrifice and it requires some degree of vulnerability. So it doesn't necessarily have to be tomorrow. You don't have to ring him and be like, hey boo, I'm gonna tell you all about my traumatic experiences Mm -hmm. with men. It can be a gradual, you can choose whatever form or way that you want to do this, but I definitely encourage you. Because I think it's just a wonderful precept to set up in your relationship anyways, where you're actually really, really honest about your shortcomings and your experiences. Mm. But maybe scheduling some times where you can both check in and who knows, he could be dealing with some kind of, you know, past issues that he may have not shared with you. So opening up spaces in your relationship where you can actually talk to each other, engage with each other. Bond a little bit, hold each other accountable to your shortcomings Mm. will actually strengthen your relationship over time. Mm. And I also just want to let you know that it's actually completely normal. It's normal to be, you know, faced with these traumatic experiences. First and foremost, many of us have traumatic experiences with, um, you know, our primary caregiver, with particularly our father's. Law, i to be honest in term, just go and listen to the episode where we actually unpacked you know daddy issues mm-hmm. um and it's even more common for us to take these unresolved traumatic episodes into other relationships that we yeah. have especially romantic ones so i definitely encourage you to go back listen to the episode um try and facilitate more kind of transparent conversations with your boyfriend try to create more intimate moments where you can continue to build up that trust even for yourself Mm. and really continue to do that self-growth journey understanding that this is the opportunity to put that self-growth to the test yeah
2: um so
1: yeah that's what i would answer
2: no that's really good that's a really good answer like like everything you said it's it's completely normal to have these kinds of negative experiences even though they're not they're not great. They're not great to have them. It's sad that so many of us can relate to this kind of dilemma. Um, I think it's important as well to realize as you've described, you've done internal work. You've gone on, you know, that journey of improving yourself as a person and of your own development to identify your triggers and traumas and past pains and all of those things. But similarly, your boyfriend is also on a journey where he may make mistakes or he may, uh, be just evolving as a person and I think having the honest and transparent conversation about these are my triggers will help him do better at intentionally not tripping you up or like not um not him not tripping up like him not doing something that reminds you of a negative situation in the past or a pattern that you've seen in somebody else but if he's he's given you no other reason to not trust him you can possibly pro- probably trust him with this kind of conversation and like you said it's a great way to build intimacy it's a great way to improve your relationship get a better a better understanding get a better understanding of each other um and for him to get a better understanding of you as well you don't have to lay all your cards on the table until you are completely ready and so if you're not ready to have that conversation about the in depths of where these fears and these problems came from Don't like you, you really don't have to, your vulnerability happens on your own timeline. However, it would be good to just give him the heads up the same way you have let us know in this email. Listen, things that I've experienced from my dad, men in my life, my uncle, stuff like that makes it hard for me to, to trust men fully. But I'm in this with you. And yeah, like th- this is why sometimes I might act some ways or I might not fully commit in some ways. And just identifying that for yourself. That's the degree of self-awareness you need oftentimes in relationships um, to know why you react in a certain way to your, your partner acting the way that they do. Um, and he might not, he's probably, he's definitely not, in fact, doing it with malice or with intention. And in terms of actually letting go though, because like you said, you've done the internal work of forgiving the men in your life and them behaving badly. Yeah. But sometimes it's hard to let go of those memories and you don't have to let go of those memories, right? It's a great way to teach you what it is you don't want. However, it's when you now kind of put the punishment for their actions on someone else, like you said, projection, that becomes a problem, right? Mm -hmm. So don't feel like, oh, I've forgiven them, but why is it that the memory or the past still scares me or it still makes me upset? Or when I think about this, I'm not, you know, completely neutral because the emotion was real, right? The trauma was real. That emotion was full. Your body still feels that, right? So- If your body is still going to have that negative response, you just don't need to put the consequences on somebody else, right? Because they weren't the one who did the bad thing. So don't feel bad for having negative emotions towards negative things which have happened in your life, right? You don't have to completely get rid of those things in order to assume that you're healed or in order to see yourself as the perfect person. You know, if you get upset about traumatic things that have happened to you, that's human, right? So perfection or the level up isn't now completely being apathetic and neutral towards those emotions or towards those memories. That's not what that looks like, right? So don't feel bad about owning your pain and owning the fact that that hurt me. You don't have to, you don't have to evolve past that point. You don't have to stay hurt. You don't now need to put, you don't need that hurt to now pose a danger to anybody else or any other relationship. But you can still be hurt, right, you can still be upset, you can still be sad, like, you're allowed that, yeah, that's what I'd say, I, I just don't think that, like, you said in a, an episode a while back, like, mm. you don't have to forgive and forget, like, you just have to forgive and reframe, or mm. you just have to forgive and move on, right, that's life sometimes, girl, but this guy sounds like he's good for you. He I sounds know. like he's nice. We love a healthy yeah. guy. No red I flag. I love this for you. I love this for you. Yeah, I mean, keep us updated. Let us know how the relationship goes. If you um, get married, okay. I want to invite to the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> we'll turn up with our hats. <laughs> uh, yes, this. But into today's episode, talking about fitness. This is a resident fitness expert um athlete um what waste winter ambassador, <laughs>
1: <laughs> not what waste winter ambassador. i just
2: want to quali- quantify, by the way before
1: anyone comes for me on the internet yeah i am not a qualified oh, pro- yeah, neither um, professional of us are. we are not professionals Um, we just research extensively and yeah. we have tried and tested these means and all this kind of stuff on
2: our own bodies yeah
1: we, I am working towards the professional qualification, mm-hmm. but
2: just to let you guys know. Well, I mean, we're both fitness enthusiasts. Me, more so a beginner and a novice, <laughs> and her more so the sense. I wouldn't
1: it. say a novice. No. It's giving almost advanced.
2: You know, you're gonna be getting strong and the endurance is up. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we wanted to talk about this from the perspective just of a sister, as we always do with every episode, right? Mm. As somebody, as people who have struggled with body image in the past, struggled with diet culture, struggled with toxic dieting in the past and health issues. We've been transparent and vulnerable about our journeys with our bodies um, quite often in in this on this podcast like early season two that's where we went heavy like this is all our (laughs) issues girl i hate my body i hate me (laughs) but now i love me that was us but now we're not there anymore Mm. um and i think that evolution is um something that everyone is seeking to get right that growth of accepting your body but also embracing changing your body mm. and knowing how to do both in a healthy way right yeah. so the first space that I wanted to start on was talking about toxic body image yeah. right yeah give us in- insight into like your journey with your body and your view of your body in particular
1: sure thing um so growing up I was the overweight slash obese kid mm, um same. although when I was like really really young I was like extremely petite I didn't like eating oh, wow. for some reason. I was always just running around doing nonsense time my parents always had to call me in to eat and then when I hit like primary school I just I love food um, mm. I still really really love food but when I was a kid I really really started to enjoy food Um, I began to see it as a reward as well so I didn't necessarily grow up with like you know millions of pounds in the bank and fast food was just super accessible and cheap to get both for me and for my parents so It was always, you know, seen as this cheeky little... After Sundays, we used to go and get McDonald's all the time. I loved it. (laughs) Um, And when I started getting my, you know, one pound, two pound coins for my pocket money... I was getting my kebab, my chicken and chips, you know, before inflation. Um, I was getting my six wings and chips. I'm hoping they were chicken wings. I'm hoping they were real chicken. But I was getting my six wings. I was was definitely getting my um, six somethings and chips back Mm. in the day for like a pound. Um. And yeah, I was just always that like heavy set kid and like I was always cognizant of the fact that my friends were smaller mm. um, and they were always seen as more desirable by the boys at the boys school across right. the way. Um, and from there, I continued to develop a really like negative body image and this vicious cycle of I hated the way I looked because mm. of food, but then I saw food as a reward. So I'd always comfort myself by eating food. Right. Um, and I had no idea about like nutrition or anything like that. I just ate a lot of foods that I enjoyed. Um, and it was really like to the point of like making myself sick. Like mm. I love the feeling of, you know, being, being full. full. Um, i really saw that as like the way into contentment right and it didn't help whereby i had like so called friends or folks around me that would reinforce this feeling of being inferior or not like, me not yeah, i was a friendly friend <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. geez, this so. is pre-courtney <laughs> <There you go. laughs> the pre-courtney era <laughs> cast your minds back
2: <laughs> To the
1: prehistoric
0: Literally
1: BC. Legitimately. <laughs>
2: BCDB, okay? This
1: is BCDB back in the day when I had less positive influences around me. In fact, one of my favorite anecdotes is I remember telling someone who at the time was supposed to be my friend, mm. yo, I really fancy this boy. Um, I know you're friends with him what like can you like yeah, do what's, you, the for, s- what's the scoop what's the story and she was like I don't really think that he would like you and mm. I was like oh my goodness why and she was like um he doesn't really think you're, fr- you're pretty and you're fat and like for me hearing like the f-word I even did an article on yeah. the um the, the way the how the f-word ruined my life yeah. hearing that word because that wasn't the first time I had I had heard it mm. I had heard it from like you know when you go to aunties mm. or when you go to like parties and I stuff like well. that Gosh, aunties always have something to say about your weight. It's either like, oh, you've been eating or you've not Hmm. been eating enough. So I was used to that whole roster of, you know, aunties telling my mom or like other women telling my mom, like your child is really large. Like what's going on? Um, And then to hear like the first
2: (laughs) (laughs) Your child is really large. (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry <laughs> it's such a great story but that was funny oh
1: honestly wow that culture boy no, your child is your really child large, is large. <laughs> it's oversized um and like what have you been feeding your yeah, kid yeah 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 and um now in this context of this is the first time i've expressed and been like put myself out there and yeah. said i like this guy and for you to now tell me and deliver it in that way no affirmation no nothing yeah. just you're not pretty and you're fat
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, she was deaf on violence. Can what you a bad person! What a
1: terrible human being! <laughs> Absolutely shattered. And other like memories that I have of like, for example, wanting to go on a bouncy castle, mm. and one of the other girls at the party saying, "I don't think you should go on this bouncy castle because I think you're going to pop it." Again, broke my heart, and it took a really long time to uproot a lot of these insecurities, and yeah. they pervaded and persisted well into like my adult life, yeah. like, um even just a couple of years ago, feeling comfortable enough to eat in front of people, Mm. feeling comfortable enough to, you know, actually eat things I like in front Mm. of people, rather than giving this impression of, you know, being the health and fitness person, Mm. um, really persisted into my adulthood. And then when I went to university, I went to a university where I was surrounded by a lot of very petite people. They were very, very small. um, Not just like short, because a lot of them were short. I don't know why everyone's not been eating their peas and... um, (laughs)
0: taking their dreams you and grow? do you know what i mean yeah. but
1: when you grow taller than <laughs> yeah. everybody else quickly and then everyone else is just small petite yeah. and really fit in with this um pervasive beauty standard yeah. of being the small feminine. almost ev- feminine was always equated with being shorter yeah. smaller daintier and i was always the one that was larger and right. didn't quite fit so that eventually triggered this whole downward spiral into fitness culture right especially mm. for women where I was eating far too little calories mm. I think the lowest intake of calories I had per day was like 800 calories which wow. is insane like I look at my fitness part I'm just like why was I eating as wow. though I was a toddler <laughs> so there was that I was running every single day mind you I hate running mm. I think that Shout out to all you runners, marathon runners, all them kind of things. I just find it so boring. My joints can't take
2: it. Do you know
1: what I mean? It's just so boring. Maybe you listen. (laughs) Hey, you might be listening to this podcast whilst you run. run. There you go. There's that. Maybe I should try it now. But I really didn't enjoy it. I was over exercising, exercising every single day to the point where I was exhausted. But on the outside, I was getting compliments. It was, oh, you're looking thinner. I can see your jawline. You're looking all kinds of X, Y, Z. But inside, I felt terrible about Mm. myself and I couldn't see the changes. Mm. That was definitely where like my body dysmorphia really crept in. Mm. I had lost a significant amount of weight, but I was extremely depressed, Mm. extremely tired. And I had a terrible relationship with food. food. I couldn't even like eat all the foods that I enjoyed. Like I love breads. I love pastas, all of the carbohydrates. Take the entire wheel and bring (laughs) it to me. I felt like I couldn't eat any of those things. And at my lowest point, I reached out to my brother, who is like the real fitness guru of all time, my brother, Brian. Um, and he had gone through a very similar journey as me, where we were both overweight kids, but he had started his like fitness journey, typical bro, kind yeah. of like lifting weights and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So he was looking hench, but he had abs. And I was like, listen, bro, I'm tired and I'm not enjoying this and I don't look how I want to look. I don't feel happy or strong or anything like that. And also I lost my bum. That Mm. was really upsetting (laughs) to me. I had no shape. (laughs) I was shaped like the letter I. That's my favorite comparison. Um, And my brother said, first of all, you need to like cleanse your head of everything that you've been doing. Mm. Eat at least three times more than you've been currently eating and Mm. go pick up some damn dumbbells. Mm. And I was just like, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to turn into Hulk lady. (laughs) It took me a good, like maybe two to three months to actually take in what he had said mm. because I realized I had plateaued and I actually started to gain body fat again. And I was just like, well, I can't eat like 500 calories. I will die. Yeah. Um. So I reversed cal- my calories Um. and I sent off my program to my brother to kind of be like, look, what can I do to change? Yeah. He got rid of all the like extensive cardio I was yeah. doing. He was like, maximum you can exercise. We'll start off with three times a week, right. go hit the weights and we'll take it from there. And when I say that completely changed and transformed my entire life, there is no, I am so indebted to my brother at that time and so indebted to like actually having better friends at Mm. that time whereby, you know, I could confide in them and say, listen, this fitness thing is trying to kill me. Or like this, trying to be that skinny, petite, losing weight type of babe, it's literally killing me. Um. So a couple months down the line, I was feeling great. Like Mm. the endorphins were running. I found that I actually enjoyed strength training. Mm. I enjoyed the feeling of being strong. Mm. I liked that I could. I was sleeping better. I was eating foods that I like. I could eat my hot wings again. That made me so (laughs) happy. Um. And I had gradually increased my calorie intake to something crazy. So I basically went into my first proper bulk. Yeah. And. I gained like, I want to say maybe 10, 20 pounds, but I was eating like 3,200 calories. Mm. That was like the height of my body. I was living my best life. Yeah, And the best, my bum came back. (laughs) I was so happy. I was like, I'm finally looking the way that I want to. But I started to look the way I wanted to after I started feeling better. Yeah. So really thinking about like, what do we prioritize in fitness culture? And that process really taught me the importance of functional fitness and being happy in your body and having a healthy relationship with food mm. before focusing on aesthetics. Right. Because oftentimes when you prioritize aesthetics, you start to feel terrible. Yeah. But when you start prioritizing the way that you feel and how you know exercise, nutrition, and fitness and all that kind of good stuff makes you feel, then the aesthetics actually naturally follow. Right. Um, so yeah, that's what started my like whole nerdy like I became a nerd over the past five years I've literally if I don't watch something or listen to something on like nutrition and all that kind of stuff at least once a day then I'm just something's weird something's up (laughs) but I just found it so interesting how we can actually set up especially our like physical bodies. And I think Mm. it's so pertinent for women because a lot of the messages that are directed at women is always to do with aesthetics. It's always about desirability. It's always about the way that you can change yourself in order to fit into society or defined parties um, understanding of beauty mm. it's never about what to do to actually be healthy mm. what to do to um, actually feel better about yourself how to structure your, your nutrition and your fitness in a way that shows you respect your body rather than respecting somebody else's desires mm. so I like this past five years for me where I really just like stepped up my game started researching taking this seriously mm. has been transformative and when I say it's underpinned every success that I've had in my life thus far there's so many learnings I don't know if you guys have like moments random moments when you're um, doing something you love where you have that aha Mm -hmm. moment for me it's in the shower and in the gym those Mm -hmm. are the two moments and walking those are the three moments where I have my aha moments Mm -hmm. where my most beautiful ideas are birthed and where my greatest pains are shed it's being able to have moments and times in my life and during my day where I can facilitate those aha moments by respecting myself. Right. And fitness and nutrition is one of the ways that I have done that. Done that. Mm. So, yeah, I have nutted on completely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. It's cool because it's a good it's a good insight into someone who obviously has had insecurity surrounding their bodies, done something to change it, but then identified that the thing that they did was negative and it was more hurtful to themselves than it was productive, right? And Mm. then actually going on that journey to achieve a result that they desired in a productive way. And I think there's something that you said when you entered into this kind of fit, like wanting to lose weight, right? You called called it a downward spiral. Mm. And I think a lot of people have that approach to dieting, to losing weight, to getting fit. It is less of an elevation and something that actually helps them level up or grow as a person, but actually something which brings them a lot lower in their self-esteem and their confidence and their physical health as well. So let's talk about diet culture because a lot of us downward spiral into di- like diet culture yeah. is what sends us into the diet <laughs> spiral and um as someone who similarly was all has always been overweight I came out of my mother's womb big <laughs> like <laughs> oh you was large <laughs> oh, you, no hundred no hundred percent hundred and the thing is I'm not just large I'm very tall like you you said about shooting up before everybody I mm. was always I didn't have a growth spurt I mm. was just always tall I came out of the womb my mom was like is this a Oh boy why is she so long <laughs> <laughs> your mom is funny by the way. <laughs> I was long I had big hands big feet and my mom was looking at me like is she going to be a giant when she grows up <laughs> like why is she so big and so I was telling this story to a friend uh, um on sunday me and my sister discovered some old like family pictures mm. um and literally was just flicking through them and I was I came across pictures of me when I was a child yeah. and literally being like to my mom oh my gosh like how old am I in this picture and she's like um and I'm looking at the picture thinking, oh, maybe this is me like three, four, five, going to primary school. She was like, oh, you were like 18 months. Stop I'm it. <laughs> I look like a woman who has already been troubled. <laughs> I look like I listened to Mary J. Blige. No, you pay bills, girl. <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> Honest to God. Like, I was just looking at myself like, is everything okay? <laughs> but it, wow. it gave me better understanding of the fact that. I've always been big, right? But growing up and see, similarly seeking comfort in food to kind of distract me from pains of life and other traumas, mm. you develop these really unhealthy habits with them which then make you unhealthy mm-hmm. in terms of your your fit your health, right? As a as a young girl as well, similarly wanting to be with guys, fancying guys and just noticing more and more and more that being big was equated with you're unattractive. Like I was always the biggest of all my friends. I'm still, am pretty much the biggest of all my friends and having to deal with those anxieties around being the fat friend often. And and then you have media and content and things which are targeted towards young girls and Mm. towards young women, which then tell you, well, here's a solution to all of your problems. These are the, these are the way, this is the way to clear your tears at night. This is how (laughs) you, no, no, literally though. Like this is how- you become better, you right. know? And then you start developing these really, really bad habits, yeah. um, which damage your mental health. And so for you, what do you think that that downward spiral looks like? Mm. Because I want for any sister listening who, cause th- there's a rise in fitness content currently and people on fitness journeys, and I'm absolutely loving it. I'm on a fitness journey as well. And I'm sharing that journey um, more openly now. Yeah. However, with that kind of pressure, mixed with insecurity existing insecurity for many people from childhood from society how do you identify that Mm. you are on a downward spiral towards fitness Mm. that you're kind of it it, you're you're seeing this as a punishment you're seeing this as a something that you have to do to prove yourself like you said it's not about respecting your body it's more about respecting other people's desires Mm -hmm. how do you identify that in yourself because I don't want a sister to listen to this and hear the tips that we're going to give later about entering into a fitness journey or things that you can do to keep yourself motivated to change your body in any way because for some people it's lose weight gain weight but I don't want them to enter it from a place of fear pressure Mm. all these things that we we acknowledge in Mm -hmm. so many episodes we've done on on the level up journey so how do you identify a downward spiral into fitness
1: I think the first thing that you need to keep in mind when down spiraling or when this is becoming a toxic endeavor for you is your attitude towards fitness Mm. so your attitude towards just generally fitness content, fitness things, anything to do with like physical health. Mm. What is your attitude there? What is your relationship there? As you said, one of the key ones that you actually identified just now, fear. Are you afraid of exercising? Mm. Because that can really, really set off a downward spiral where you start to equate fitness and exercising with punishment. Because you have a negative you know, body image the way you deal with that is to punish yourself mm. and that's actually a cycle that many of us develop in childhood yeah. whereby we start to punish ourselves for the negative you know things or negative qualities that we may have and that can be mapped out onto fitness mm. um and thinking about like body image particularly for women because we equate especially in you know western societies we equate being slimmer or right now it's the slim thick where you've got you know fat in certain desirable areas when you don't fit into this image what is your response Mm. how do you respond to these images that are being thrown at you And how are you mapping out your understanding of fitness based on the way that you respond to a lot of these images that are seen as desirable? So that's definitely like number one. Mm. What is your attitude towards fitness? And then what is your attitude towards yourself and your body currently? Right. Not what it's going to look like after you've done your 30 day challenge or in six months or whatnot are you delaying your self-love based on your fitness journey? Mm. Because many of us are waiting for a specific result to Mm. love ourselves. I was definitely there insofar as I thought, okay, when I get to this weight, I'm going to love myself. Yeah. Or when I get this particular proportion, I'm going to love myself. When I'm going to be able to do X amount of whatever exercise, I'm going to love myself. The milestone came and went and the love never came. Mm. There's so many of us that are... Placing our self-love on conditions that we can either meet or or not not meet. And most of us are placing them on conditions that are extremely unhealthy for Mm. ourselves. Um, Another way to identify the downward spiral is your general mental health. Yeah. How are you feeling in life in general? Are you using fitness as a crutch? Mm. Because some of us are over exercising, mm. and again, I was Mm-mm. definitely there insofar as I'm exercising every single day as a shield to what I was actually feeling inside. Right, I looked good, and you'd be surprised. There's so many people out out there on social media, especially like fitness influencers or any influencers to do with you know physical health, who will look like they're happy, who will look like they're you know out here in the gym busting all that kind of stuff. But go home and cry themselves to sleep yeah, at night because yeah. they're unhappy. Yeah. And no matter how many mileage, you know, how much mileage you put into your runs, how many plates you can put on your barbell, whatever, the deep set feeling of sadness, if you don't deal with that, you're only delaying it by investing in fitness. Yeah. And in fact, you're harming yourself and your capacity to deal with it by masking it behind, you know fitness stuff yeah another thing to look out for is how objective are you when it comes to fitness versus fitness culture Mm. now when i'm talking about fitness culture i'm talking about how culture informs our ideas of what fit is meant to be yeah and then thinking about fitness which is more scientific now of course anybody that is listening to this and who is philosophically inclined will say ah you know nothing is ever objective retta cool we've heard you but thinking about objective to the extent that we can get with science, yeah. right? Thinking if about like,
2: scientific.
1: precisely, thinking about the studies that have been shown to talk about things like your heart health, thinking yeah. about things like the longevity of your life, thinking about functionality, being able to do everyday movements. Yeah. Is your, you know, fitness quest informed by these things, or is it purely informed by you getting specific proportions, aesthetics? Mm. Is it simply informed by? making yourself a more desirable candidate yeah, because that's another thing that's actually unspoken in fitness culture what kinds and what elements of culture are influencing fitness and nobody wants to talk about like when we're speaking about like oh you know I want to get this kind of proportion in the gym, you know, bodies that are built and not bought. Mm. I hear it, but we also need to examine and interrogate where are our desires for these proportions coming from? Because we have something called genetic limitations. No matter how much you are hip thrusting, no matter how much you are deadlifting, even for the mandem, no matter how much you are bench pressing, there is a genetic limitation to how much muscle or how much you can fit into a specific proportional type. So, if you hit the limits of your genetic limitations, will you be happy? Yeah. Or are you forever chasing something that you know is not actually possible? Mm. What does, in your mind, interrogate what does the best version of yourself look Look like? like, Does she look like, you know, the babes we see online? Or does she actually look like you? Yeah. And I think understanding that those kind of elements will help folks when they are on the brink of or already in a downward spiral. Mm. And then I think just like baseline stuff, how much are you eating? Yes. Yeah. How much are you eating and what are you eating? And this is not to say, you know, count calories because I think that sometimes counting calories can be really dangerous. Yeah, Especially yeah. for those that are prone to like eating disorders yeah. or prone to any kind of like psychological obsessive. damage, obsessive eating, counting calories can be extremely dangerous. And for a very long time, women have been told take up the 1200 calorie diet, take up the 1500 calorie, eat 80, 800 calories as like a baseline for, you know, the target of beauty and eternal slimness. I'm sorry. If I'm like six foot two, I'm not going to be eating 1200 calories. That's my lunch. The same way that if I'm like, you know, four foot nine, I'm not going to be eating 3000 calories. It's not realistic. So when we're thinking, when we're, you know, having these conversations about Fitness does not fit all, Yeah, particularly fitness culture. Fitness culture does not fit all. It's about making sure that you carve out and create an understanding of fitness that takes into consideration your context, your height, your conditions, Mm. even your bank account, because these fitness things can be expensive. Real talk. And some of us are investing money into all of these like, you know, fad diets, into these um, really predatory um, programs in the name of becoming slim or in yeah. the name of even gaining weight, right? We'll come for you guys in a second. I'm going to lay, lay that <laughs> one to the side because there's waves out here in terms of like weight gain. Mm. We've got space for you too. But in terms of downward spirals, I would say
2: those are kind of like the main things that I would look yeah. out for. But
1: I'm also keen to hear what you have to say. Yeah, story. no,
2: I think everything that you said is completely spot on. And I love that you touched on food because... Oftentimes we think fitness and we think I need to exercise when actually fitness and food really do go hand in hand. And one thing that really can, really changed everything for me was understanding the d- nutritional aspect of food and repairing my emotional relationship with it. Because a lot of us see food as an emotional thing. It's there for celebration. It's there for bonding. Um, it's there for comfort. It's there to make me feel like you said, full and content. But... Food is actually a nutritional source. And yes, food is to be enjoyed. I am definitely a foodie. I love trying different food. Mm. I love food. I love cultural experiences of food. However, to the the root of it, it's nutrition, right? It's there to fuel my body. A lot of us enjoy things which make our bodies feel bad. Mm. And this is another thing that I think, toxic diet culture and fitness culture has done to us, it's made it less about how do I feel about my body and how do I feel in my body? And actually, how does my body make other people feel, Mm. right? And a lot of us become obsessed with, my body makes people feel like I'm unattractive. It makes people feel uncomfortable. It makes people feel like they should judge me or talk to me in a certain way. Mm. But actually, how do I feel about my body? And can I push myself to get to a point where I am feeling good. I feel good about my mindset. I feel good about my physical, not just appearance, but my physical capabilities, right? Actually sitting down and analyzing, when I eat this food, it makes me feel, like X, right? It actually makes me feel lethargic. It actually mm. makes me feel tired. Like every time I eat this whole plate of food, I just want to sleep, and then I have to go to the toilet. Like actually, no, no, no. But actually, being honest about you know yourself. thinking about
1: them milkshakes. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. Like
2: <laughs> when I when I discovered that I was lactose intolerant. Yeah, and after I decided that I was still going to lay that to the side. In, that's a problem for heaven. That's not actually. That's not actually. My that's issue. Not something we're gonna discuss <laughs> not, on this. That's earth. not my issue. Um, but when when I discovered that I was lactose intolerant or that I don't really do well eating red meat, like I I just don't do those things anymore, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but actually understanding my body's response to certain food and no longer just going through the motions of, well, this is what I do to feel happy, mm. but is your body actually happy? You're tricking yourself. And a lot of us have to repair our relationships with food because food has had attached to it so many different meanings throughout our lives, some of them positive, but also many of them overcasting the true meaning of food, which is nutrition. And a lot of us need to get a better understanding of food's nutritional benefits because you people that like, I can't eat carbs, it's the devil. Keto is a very short-term diet, for Uh. example, but understanding what is short-term, what is long-term, but also more importantly, what your body can handle. If you're going to go into the gym and you're going to want to be, you know, one of these strong fit babes, you're going to need something to fuel that. You're going to need fuel for your muscle reparation. You're going to need fuel for the energy that you're about to exert. If you're going to go on six mile runs and stuff, you start starving yourself is not going to help you with your endurance. But understanding, like you said, things from a scientific point of view and really realizing. And for me, when you know you're downward spiraling into a a, a toxic diet culture or toxic, toxic fitness culture mm. is when everything becomes about the results and you completely forget that your body is a machine which is very intricate right it's not just about what it's going to produce and how it's going to make you feel yeah. but actually your body listen I always say this if your body is not here all these things you've written in your journal they're not going to happen babe <laughs> if you die <laughs> it's over it's done Ain't no redos, right? But a lot of us take these things as, oh, I'm not I'm not killing myself. But some of you are, right? Yeah. Some of you are eating a dangerous amount of calories. You're doing things which are actually going to harm your body. And because yeah. you don't have an understanding of the how it will affect your body, you go ahead and do it anyway. But if you expose yourself to the research, if you expose yourself to the data, if you expose yourself to various people's full stories and their full experiences of the things that they've done and which may have looked like they worked, but actually in the long term, like I said, didn't make them happy and in fact made them more unhealthy because a lot of people won't tell you the full story i ate 800 calories a day now your your uterus is blown to bits you're done oh man yeah i i ate 1200 calories a day that's how i lost 100 pounds in 10 weeks okay now your period won't ever come back. <laughs> like No, no, but let's keep it 100% real. <laughs> not because a us, <laughs> but because a lot of us don't understand the scientific effects of food, nutrition, exercise and physical activity on yeah. our bodies, yeah. we do extreme things. And it punishes our body. Our body deals with the real repercussions because sis, you are not special just because you've been insecure your whole life. Your body is still your body. It is still a machine and it still needs to work. It still needs to operate. And Mm. there are basic laws to it. But also in saying that though, like you said, science is not completely objective. There is a science for your body, right? When I found getting an understanding of my polycystic ovarian syndrome, helped me so much with my approach to fitness because I was here I can never lose weight I sniff a grain of rice 10 pounds <laughs> <laughs> that's it then, that's it do you know what I mean so do so I just need to completely starve myself do I do like all of these questions that I had but when I had a better understanding of my insulin and all like what sort of PCOS do I have? What are the physical effects of that? Getting a true understanding of my body Mm. and appreciation and a love for it actually helped me on my fitness journey and was the precursor to me losing a whole bunch of weight last year. It's important for you to understand your body because you've probably spent the majority of your life angry at it, frustrated at it, ashamed of it. But have you got an understanding of it? Go to the GP, babe. Like, and you know when people used to say things like, oh, if you're going to embark on a diet, you should see your GP. Like those little disclaimers before like diet shows, for yeah. example. But it's important. It's <laughs> Go actually to your really GP. Important. Go and get an understanding of your blood. Go and get an understanding of the things that you have um, ahead of you. Because for some people, you might have to reduce the carbs. For example, when I found out I had PCOS, they were like, yeah, lower the carbs because the glucose. And I was like, oh, so carbs don't just necessarily make you fat. It also affects your blood sugar. And so some of you will be skinny. Your blood sugar will be through the roof. <laughs> Do you get Hi. what I mean? Or or the reverse. Some of you will not. You'll be hypotensive. Like I've cut out all these things <laughs> from my life. <laughs> now your doctor is telling you, if you don't go to shove salt you, down your throat, you you're you going to... deficiency. <laughs> no, but biggest man thing. And even things like i don't eat this i don't eat that okay like you said nutritional deficiencies how are you going to make that up because it's going to affect other things your skin your hair your your reproductive system Mm. your energy Mm -hmm. levels Mm -hmm. your blood guys your blood like all these things like if you're anemic what does that mean for you now to involve fitness into your life but customize it like you said Fitness is not one size fits all. You can get Renee's program and, you know, do what she does, but you won't look like her. Your life might not be as great as hers either. You have to do what fits for you. And a lot of us, like I said, have spent the majority of our lives really hating our bodies. And we're now taking that same mindset into fitness, thinking we're going to love fitness you can love fitness and hate your body you need to get to a point where you love your body and like you said it's going to be a a, a big uh, process of evolution so are you going to stay angry at yourself till you get the result that you actually want because like I said it might not always come right so you know you're downward spiraling into diet culture when you're trying to be everybody else without a full understanding of who you actually are Mm. right do the groundwork Get to know yourself. As much as you've, you know, told yourself you're ugly and no one will ever love me and no one will ever like me. Make that your quest now. To love yourself, to like yourself, to show yourself you care about yourself. And it's not just going to be pretty gym cohorts, right? Mm -hmm. It's not just going to be (laughs) I meal prep on Sunday, but then you eat McDonald's on Monday. Like it's not, that's not what it is. Like it's about what are my what are my mindsets towards food right now? What am I using food for? Do I understand food's nutritional benefits? Am I clued up? Am I knowledgeable? Do the research, sit on YouTube, read the articles, whatever that might be for you, read the books, talk to people who have done it before, but get to the point where you're doing this from a place of knowledge and not just a place of guilt, Mm. not just a place of shame, not just a place of hatred for yourself because fitness it's not going to improve that if it's you don't right. have that groundwork done. That's what I'd say. So one of the sisters, the sister who suggested this episode, said that she wanted to hear about overcoming gym anxiety and getting started in the gym, especially... Mm. And I know, like, actually, I wanted you to talk about um, what you were saying to the girls who wanted to gain weight. Mm. Yeah, because you didn't mention The
1: that. ladies that want to gain weight. Oh, goodness gracious me. Well, I think sometimes we often... Because for a very long time, particularly in the West, Mm. um, fitness and the pinnacle of health has been to look skinny, very, very slim, very petite. It's interesting now because we're seeing cultural shifts as well as like cultural adoptions where there's other cultures where being bigger is actually better. So in a lot of, for example, African cultures, we've got, you know, the thicker sisters, you know, the ones that have, you know, the fat in all the right places and all of that kind of stuff. It's starting to really permeate a lot of western culture whereby we've crafted this idea of being slim thick right where you've got you know either the big bum or the big tits or whatnot and that's given rise to the whole you know bbl epidemic right (laughs) so or the bbl brigade that's my favorite one (laughs) (laughs) Um, but essentially, there's now a rise in women who are intentionally seeking to gain weight yeah. in order to fit that image of being slim thick or yeah. being larger or whatnot. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about that is it's really challenging our perception of what images of bodies we equate with health. Yeah. Because it's very, very possible to be slim, as you mentioned, and be extremely unhealthy. Yeah. Your body fat percentage are out, is out of the roof. But if we were to look at your BMI or how much you weigh, it's like, oh, you're small or you look small. Yeah. Um. And now we're starting to see a challenge to that where there's sisters who are intentionally gaining weight. Mm. But I think we also need to interrogate the reasons behind why we want to gain weight, as well as the ways in which we're also yeah. gaining weight. So a lot of sisters, you know, they want to have the, you know, thicker thighs and yeah. the bigger bum and all that kind of stuff. And I think there is a, you know, middle ground between understanding that, these kind of proportions will make you overall more desirable. And in the same way that we often interrogate, you know, our preferences and thinking more macro structural about these things, we can't get away from the fact that culture often permeates us. We are influenced by culture as much as, um, we influence culture. So there's no getting away from that. And there's no saying like, I'm going to stand objectively outside of culture and just exercise entirely for functionality. I don't think that exists. Maybe there's some people who are able to do that. But personally, obviously I trained for functionality, but then, you know, I'm trying to fit my dress a little nicely and all that kind of stuff. So I think being aware of that and understanding the extent to which that's informing our choices is important. There are a lot of sisters out there that feel under pressure to gain a lot of weight and gain a lot of mass in order to be desirable. And they're doing it in really, really unhealthy ways. ways. So for example, the, what is it, a Apetamine epidemic where <laughs> everything is an yes, epidemic
0: I that ah, a coronavirus bbl epidemic everything <laughs> acv
1: epidemic um but yeah there's sisters that are investing in really harmful substances to gain weight yeah there are sisters who are eating foods that are extremely unhealthy right. in the name of gaining weight as right. well right um you know eating your uh takeouts every day because you know you want to be thick there's ways to increase your muscle mass which is what people are trying yeah. to do But if it's going, like, if you're reaching an extent to which you're actually making yourself sick Mm. every single day in the name of gaining weight and you're constantly doing only exercises to improve the aesthetics or try and become a more desirable person, then that too is a problem. Because you're not training for functionality anymore. You're training specifically and purely only for aesthetics. And the problem with that is there's a difference between... So in terms of like to get into the nitty gritty, there's bodybuilding and then there's like strength training. Mm -hmm. Bodybuilding is very much about aesthetics, increasing the size of the muscle for an aesthetic look. Strength training is all about, again, functionality and thinking more into calisthenics. How can I help myself to create muscle or create um, more fibers to allow me to do the things that I do every day? If you train, if you, um, for example... Prioritize purely bodybuilding. You will find that you're not stronger. Yeah, you're, you're actually not, not healthier. Faster. You're not. Fa- oh hell, you slower.
2: hundred <laughs> percent. You're just big. You're
1: just big. which again is not a problem but it can be a problem when it is adversely affecting your health and i think it's also um important to touch a little bit on this whole idea of fat phobia right so fat phobia being you know the fear of becoming fat and um the fear of fat and you know just the general hatred around everything to do with being fat or overweight and all that kind of stuff i think there's one side of you know fat phobia where we have to have conversations about how is our body composition impacting the way that we move and impacting our actual body functional health right so thinking about like my family there are certain you know predispositions towards um certain health conditions that is not made conducive by being overweight yeah. so i'm thinking things like heart disease i'm yeah. thinking things like cancer i'm thinking things like diabetes it's actually important for members of my family to watch their body fat percentage in order to ensure that they're not at higher risk of these kind of things yeah however we cannot deny and it's also important to have conversations around the way that when we think about fat and fat people and overweight people, the way that they're viewed by society yeah. and they're always seen as objectively inferior or yep. objectively less healthy. There are some people who are overweight who are extremely fit. They will probably work out more Next than you. Boy, I have seen some 100%. people throw some, like they'd be throwing it down. Yeah. And it's like, you look at this person and think, oh, they're overweight. But it's like, does that necessarily mean that they're unhealthy? And more importantly, fat phobia in the lens of desirability, because that is really the name of the game, right? How desirable is this person? And understanding that fat phobia affects women far more than it affects men. And it's, I think it's just so unfair because when we think about our hormonal profile as women... We are supposed to be larger. We're supposed to have, you know, a bit more fat. fat. We're supposed to. It's actually detrimental for our hormonal function to be in very, very low body fat percentages. But the opposite message is often touted as true. You know, don't make make sure your body fat isn't too high. But no one says make sure your body fat isn't Isn't too low. low. We need fat. And when I think of like, for example, a problem area that so many people, especially women, talk about is their stomach. Right. Women don't understand that the like lower abdomen, the
2: FUPA (laughs) is necessary.
1: The FUPA is your friend. If you're interested in, you know, having children and maybe you're not interested in having children, that's fair. But in terms of like hormonal production, that layer of fat is actually really, really important. Women, we predominantly store fat on our lower bodies because of our hormones yeah. and that's okay let's normalize having fat yeah because people say, do you know what i mean because people yeah. want to i want to be rock hard i want to yeah. be toned but the, I the be...
2: issue isn't that like people don't want you to have fat is one they want you to have fat in all the right places mm. and two they don't want you to have too much yeah. yeah yeah and even this whole idea of
1: too much fat is like culturally defined right yeah and then oh, there's just so many associated issues because even when we think about like bmi calculators yes. or was considered obese and overweight and stuff like that it actually varies yeah so a lot of people don't know that a lot of these indicators of being overweight are from a western lens yeah when we think of body fat percentages what was more conducive for white western women versus you know asian women or versus you know african women or yeah. women from that kind of region is entirely different we have you know different testosterone levels we have different hormonal profiles but because of there's also a lack of studies which is why guys i need you to do your research and scientists arise (laughs) Um, especially female scientists arise (laughs) but this whole idea of what weight you're supposed to be like that's why i get so frustrated especially when i see like folks but especially men come up on like social media and say you're supposed to be she's more
2: than 120 pounds i ain't going if you're six foot and 120 pounds go and sit down get a wheelchair (laughs)
1: first of all i just know you ain't trained legs
2: and that's the thing like often women are the ones who sit on the other side of these really unrealistic expectations and pressures and they're doing all these things to contort themselves and force themselves into these boxes and these images Mm -hmm. and men I know that there are pressures on men's body images. However, it is far less than it is on women, right? Far less. Men don't necessarily have to. Like, if they are athletic, that's great. And you're seen more as the chivalrous prince, like, you know, that savior, that protector. However... Even if you're fat, are people coming at you like that? Fam, even the way that people treat you is so different. They okay, you're fat, but it's not. We're not gonna disrespect you. We're and it also doesn't take away from your masculinity. Mm. Oftentimes, mm-hmm. oftentimes, mm-hmm. whereas being fat. Go listen to Kevin Samuels. Oftentimes, it deducts from your femininity and your value as a person. And women are constantly bombarded from these image. Often, oftentimes, sometimes, these pressures are often coming from men who don't even live up to.
1: You haven't been in much. the gym, either, bro.
2: You don't look at what you
1: even man them. Some of the foods they be eating. I'm just like, look at your cupboards. All you have is chocks. Smell choco pops. your urine, <laughs> honey. Battery. Smell acid. your urine, and your you're urine telling me
2: up. I need to be under 120. You need to go and see the GP. Oh, you you need, need to go and see the don't the general me. practitioner.
1: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is, a lot of these choices will come and bite a lot of these mandem them in the bu- in the bum, anyways, because when you're doing beer belly at 40 that was because of the choices that you made at 20 and 30. But this is not an episode where we're coming for mental health. You need to go to your own uh, platforms to go and do that. We're we're trying to help (laughs) the sisters right here. But exactly that, insofar as some of our culturally defined and even objectively scientifically defined um, ideas and notions of health need to be expanded. And this is where the research, this is why I'm so interested in research because for a long time, I said, since I'm this high, I need to be this way. Well, actually, no, because I come from this culture or like I come from this background and this is my context and all of that kind of stuff we have to take into consideration these different factors which inform what our idea of health will be what is healthy for you where do you come from because growing up i didn't have all the money to spend getting fresh cut salmon and that's the th-
2: why <laughs> is baby? salmon so expensive oh, no biggest boy. man thing why is salmon so pricey she's a bad bee, but she is and y- okay, yeah. you nice, but you ain't four pounds fifty-nine. nice. Yeah. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs>
0: God, just because you pink, Cut it's a little shrimp. bit of racism going on. Do you in know the what fish, I mean? And the thing the is, when
1: you situation. go and buy like shrimp, like when you get like takeaway or something that has shrimp, no wonder they be putting like three of those shrimps in there. They
2: don't be putting the whole bag. Anyways, but that's a really <laughs> valid point, and especially when you think about things like postcode lottery and where do you live and what is available to you. A lot of people live in neighbourhoods, um, areas where mm. you might not even have a fresh food store for miles, right? Your whole block, your whole area is filled with fast food, chicken and chips, uh, this fried, right. Chinese, all of these things. And these foods are not bad. And it's really important also um, to have a conversation around what is unhealth, unhealthy food. Mm. Because a lot of people class some foreign foods and cultural foods yeah. as unhealthy yeah. when really it's just a portion control issue or it's an oil control issue.
1: Let me tell you something. Because no, 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 no. Let me tell you something. Because especially for like African Caribbean 100%. communities, every day, ah, um, our foods are always classified as like unhealthy. Super unhealthy. But if you go back home and if you take it back like thousands of years,
2: we were very fit. We
1: had to eat all of those carbohydrates. We were doing very the, physical labor tasks. And
2: uh, even when you look at things like Southern food and like Southern American food, mm. you see it's unhealthy, it's this, it's that, but it's cultural. What we need to understand is from a nutritional point of view and also from a contextual point of view. You ain't working in the farms, you <laughs> don't need all that rice. <laughs> you, you don't cut the portion size and go and sit at your the laptop gravy down. Do you get, do you, do you, no, but Put when you think about down. like you said, contextually and time period-wise. That was relevant. That was important. Eating like that mattered. But yeah. we're not doing as many laborious tasks. For the majority of us, we're sitting at a laptop all day. Yeah. You don't need as many calories to sit at a laptop all day. Do you? Know what I mean, I know you're thinking hard, but you ain't thinking that hard. You <laughs> don't need that many it's calories. Not. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> you don't. Damn, I thought so hard. I need to get me some wing I stuff. need. I mean? All that thinking. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but when, but when you um, also on the flip side really investigate because a lot of, one thing you would never see from me Courtney Daniela Barting Smith and I vowed to me that I ain't never going to eat a salad that <laughs> sounds disgusting it looks it, it looks pretty it tastes disgusting I hate leaves all of that if it's spinach cook it if it's kale put it in something warm I don't like salad at <laughs> all. And the thing that even pisses me off, that has this has no relevance to this uh. podcast. Skip 30 seconds. <laughs> people who put like fruit in salads. I know to y'all rabbit people, it sounds nice. Not rabbit. I know it sounds nice. A strawberry with balsamic vinegar on oh, no. lettuce no, with no. kale and spinach. No. What? Mm. My ancestors Not didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't. You know what? They the
1: didn't. thing with salad, yeah. I often... If I can avoid it, I that's avoid nice. it. But I often have salad as like a, it's only when I'm like gunning really for specific. Hungry. Yeah, when I'm really hungry, if I'm gunning for specific goals, that mean that I actually need to increase like my intake of nutritional something, something. I know it has all the mu-
2: micronutrients. But I get it.
1: I will never have as like salad by itself. It's not it nice. To, I have to the have only chicken. salad
2: that's nice is Caesar salad. Caesar salad is fantastic. Do you get what I mean? Like, it's and it's because it's seasoned it's and it's just sweet. lettuce i but, can rock with lettuce let's let's But the one thing
1: that i need to put in the i think should be put in the bin on masse mm. is kale
2: kale needs i hear,
1: it. Needs to, I hear k- it do you know what I spinach it. i can do spinach is great i can even do that in soups all that kind spinach of stuff is you know a versatile babe wonderful i can put that in kale can yeah. be put in anything at all kale is like How do I describe it? You know, the person that comes into the room wearing red
2: and the dress for all white party. Do you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Kale is so overpowering. You can put it in any flipping smoothie and you will taste that kale. Yeah,
2: no, kale is disgusting. And I think just generally we need to do a whole conversation on like things (sighs) that the fitness industry is trying to convince us is nice, but it's not nice. I'm screaming. It's not green juice i like a green juice i like if it's made well if it's made add good well, apple pineapple to a green juice mango to a
1: Nice. i hear it but if i'm seeing cucumber kale spinach and a dash of kiwi
2: and then you add ginger
1: and then they add like almond milk just to give it a little bit of you ain't giving yeah. it a little bit of nothing <laughs> <That> <laughs> I, needs, thought, I know you thought you did
2: something then you a whole lot know. of something a little bit of nothing <laughs> if you add it in just throw it away yeah it's disgusting Almond, no almond milk is great. No, I know, but you
1: added almond milk. Oh, to the...
2: yeah, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. Maybe if you
1: don't put some apple juice in there, what?
2: Yeah, yeah, a lot of things. Anyways, Mm. we've sidetracked, but I think it's important. Wait, you were the one who was even talking,
0: (laughs) but I brought up the point (laughs) of like.
2: um, destigmatizing cultural foods like don't be afraid to approach that rice and stew sis take that when your mum makes you soup take advantage take advantage but at the same time if you do have those goals in mind of i want to lose weight then you know lose weight caloric deficit you get what i mean so let me just drop the portion size a little bit but i can still destigmatize the idea that western food is healthy food Mm. that's where mcdonald's came from there's the many West. oh
1: don't even get me started in that. Look uh, that could be an essay in of itself. <laughs> the stigmatization of cultural foods a colonial outlook. <laughs>
2: unpack I know somebody's written a thesis Somebody on it has to, somewhere you we'll have to take chat. it and if
1: you if you have, link it down below we'd yeah, love to read it because read it. we need to disseminate this info, this is a scam <laughs> this is an entire <laughs> scam ba- fam, sisters will be out here going to like dates and stuff and they think it's like culturally to, to be, even that, food politics right, have to oh, order Have to order. Oh, what's impressive,
2: fam, what, I can't order chicken wings, get I get it wings. it's messy but I could eat it with a, a knife or fork bring it over sir
1: give me my wings bring it over sir like, let me be dainty and all that kind of stuff to and order you a order salad. a
2: salad
1: someone is taking you out and hopefully they're paying for it wow. and you order a salad and then you're like oh um can we just share dessert first of all baby we ain't sharing the dessert. <laughs> take your <laughs> food away <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> 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 you dessert
2: desserts. that's why it's desserts you know on monday is. i went to a restaurant i picked myself out on a solo day and i saw two things on the dessert menu i told you about it when mm-hmm. i came back i saw two things on the dessert menu i was like i'd like both of these so the the waiter brought the thing oh so is this one yours i said first it's only me at this table if you don't drop both <laughs> drop of these desserts <laughs> and he brought two spoons as well i said h-u-q that's cute Sit <laughs> it <down. laughs> set it out prettily for me it but the thing is like even what you 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 were saying about like I get to eat chicken wings and stuff like that. A lot of us could categorize, oh, this is healthy. This is unhealthy. Mm. And I can't ever touch this again. I can't ever have creme brulee, which I have for the first time on Monday. Fantastic. Fabulous. Dessert. Right? I can't ever have these things. These are unhealthy. No. It's all about moderation.
1: And it's like, listen, I am in love with ice cream. Courtney knows this. I have a long-standing <laughs> obsession with ice cream. Yeah. There was always ice cream in our freezer. Yeah. <laughs> I will never give it up. I don't care what my goal is i don't care what i'm trying to do i will always have ice cream and it's literally just about moderation yeah. so maybe i will have the whole ice cream pot uh, maybe yeah. i'll have a quarter today yeah. and have a quarter tomorrow yeah it's completely fine it's all about moderation chocolate i love me a good mm. white chocolate and a good milk chocolate those mm. two bury me with those when i die <laughs> i'm taking it to the afterlife um it's about moderation And I think when you classify certain foods as bad and certain foods as good, that's what also triggers the whole food as a reward and triggers the whole unhealthy relationship with food. Because what happens when you find yourself in a situation, you've gone to a celebratory dinner. Are you going to order the salad? They'll try. They'll try. There's sticky toffee pudding on that menu.
2: You're telling me you're not going to have that? They will try.
1: Because I will have that.
2: If you don't have it, I'll have have yours.
1: Apple crumble. What?
2: Great, I'm actually very hungry though, so we should stop talking about food because I haven't <laughs> eaten today this episode has already been quite lengthy yeah and you could tell we have a lot to say on this topic and we have a lot to learn but I wanted to leave uh the sisters with something that they could implement mm-hmm. this week to get them Walking in a more healthy direction yeah. um, for themselves and just any word that they can take into the week in their approach to their physical activity, their food, but even their own body image and their mm. view of their body. What is one thing that w- us sisters can implement this week?
1: Oh, that's so hard to narrow it down to one thing. Ooh. One thing. Can I do two? That one. Can I do two? Okay. Okay, I'll do one <laughs> on like food and then I'll do one on fitness. fitness. So in the food, th- what kind of can I do?
2: No, okay.
1: Um, I'm gonna do this in a smart way so that you won't notice that there's three, but there's you know two. Go ahead. Um, when it comes to your food, the one thing that I would say is increase your awareness of what you're eating. Yeah. Because I think many of us, as you were saying, a big issue is many of us are just mindlessly eating mm. or we are eating to fill a void in our lives. Mm. So I would actually encourage you to journal about food if you can, if you haven't done it before and not journal insofar as I'm intaking this kind of, this many calories. Journal and log, how do you feel when you eat certain foods and why? Mm. So if you are eating like seven packets of crisps at night, I've seen you at 2 a.m. If you are eating seven <laughs> packets of crisps at night, ask yourself why? Mm. And how it makes you feel and think about ways that you could potentially replace that. Or Mm. if you're finding that you're waiting till like 9 p.m. in the evening to eat consistently, maybe you need to think about why it's taking you this long to remember that you need to eat. So I would say before you start thinking about like, you know, calories, ascertain what your relationship is like with food. That's your starting point. When it comes to fitness, if you're like, especially if you're a beginner, if you're like trying to overcome anxiety, I just need you to move. Mm. Just start with moving. That's you don't so even good. need to get a gym membership or nothing no. like that. Go outside and walk. Yeah. I know it's a bit frosty. Yo, the winds today try to actually carry us
2: into a new realm. The way, wi- if you've been hearing <laughs> crook, crook, crook in the background, it's because the wind is trying to scatter our apartment. Jeez. I don't know. There's not even a window open, but I said bang, bang, hey. bang. I'm outside. Today, on my way from back to <laughs> the gym, Renee, the the wind tried to kidnap me. Courtney. We have to celebrate that I made it home Courtney. because it tried to <laughs> throw me away. No, no, Courtney, I am a strong babe. You know when core strength, I was
1: like, I'm not going to be carried away. Tell me why I was being carried like a grandma in the heat. Honest to God. Fam, like, as in, I wore my hat. So like, oh, TMI, lucky. I wear my hat to the gym. Yeah, though. I didn't have my wig on fam my hat and my hat, and <gasps> my hat and what, your my, headphones
2: too i ran for my headphones to stand, i was like y'all
1: can see y'all can see the game rolls but my <laughs> headphones both of them came off that's when i said eunice wind eunice
2: wind eunice horrible name <laughs> oh, Horrible wind. <laughs> but this wind is serious Bruh. that wind said move i said <laughs> <laughs> I, I if you're, out you're running why, you? why are you running me off my own roads <laughs> Where did you even um, come I with? thought
1: somebody was inside. When I came no. back, I was like, was somebody inside already? Because no. the way my window is doing.
2: Yeah. No, no, just <laughs> <when> everything <laughs> is doing wickety today. Sorry, this window is serious. This but yeah, is serious. Even but if it's move. like move. Um, I, the way I try to initiate movement into my life is I wouldn't take the elevator. When I used mm-hmm. to live at my mom's house, I wouldn't take the elevator or the lift up to my floor. I'd get yep. the stairs.
1: Quick, easy challenge. Oh, we might even do some kind of TMS challenge. <laughs> I wanted to do one for a while. But... um. <laughs> Challenge yourself to move 20 minutes a walk every single day this week. That's all I need you to do. 20 minutes. 15, 20. Put on parts of this podcast if you like. Put on a different podcast. Listen to some jazz music. You know those people that walk with energy and Mm -hmm. joy? It Mm -hmm. will actually, if you don't walk already, it will change your life. If you do walk, then I challenge you to add 20 minutes extra to how much you're already doing. That's a really good challenge. But... The aim of the game is to get your body moving and get used to being um, intentional about your movements yeah. and feeling good yeah. when your body moves.
2: Because some of your, your joints are... Re- some of you guys
1: are yeah, 31 one. I'm talking about your joints.
2: That was another... <laughs> not 31 and talk about your joints. You are a oh, spring chill. chicken. But another thing I was going to say, even if you can't like move a lot, stretch. Mm. I know for us bigger girls, um, it's easy to... Like, um, okay, I'm walking, but even a walk, can get me out of breath, yeah. yeah. Or whatever it might be. So walk on the spot or, um, you know, if you're going, if you're at home, just stretch. Put on like a 10, 15 minutes routine on YouTube and just stretch your body because it's easy to feel stiff as well. Like a huge thing that people don't talk about when they're talking about fitness is your mobility. How easy do you find it to actually move? Like some of you <laughs> lift your arm and it sounds like they're cracking open a hundred year old <laughs> door. You need to be careful. <laughs> you need to be careful. Arthritis. There are small things you can do. It's very small changes. And a lot of us look to get like the, just climb the mountain. I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. Girl, just stretch for 10 minutes every morning, right? right? I'm sure you'll start to feel better and then incorporate the walk. Then maybe a jog, then climb the stairs, like whatever that might be. Yeah. Exactly that. So yeah, those are the two things that I would say. I like that. that the two, I've kept it brief. You've done well. You've done very well. I love that. I love that. But yes, sis, go into this week and prosper. Go into this week and flourish. Okay. And I think my thing would be Mm. look in the mirror this week and compliment yourself, especially if you've struggled to for a long time. Like just look in the mirror and just look at yourself naked. Yes, Yes. naked is important. Nakedness. Strip now. (laughs) Take it off. Get naked. Okay, (laughs) in your own room, in your own bathroom. Get naked now and look at yourself front and back. That that could even just be the first step. But if you can, compliment yourself. Compliment anything about yourself. It could even be a small thing. I like that freckle right here on my right shoulder. Okay, we started. That's you know, right. that's it. That's all. Um, just just work on that. Work on seeing your body as what it truly is a masterpiece okay that's what it is in whatever form We're it immense. is in right <laughs> <romance. laughs> in whatever form it's in right now that's just the form it doesn't change your essence it doesn't change your spirit it doesn't make you less valuable and it doesn't make you less important mm. right I know you've probably been struggling with your weight you've probably had struggles that we can't even identify with about your body image even if people think your body is perfect you may still have insecurities okay but just get yourself to a point where you truly love love the body that you're in even if you are going on the journey of changing it okay so we thank you for listening to this episode we appreciate you more and more every week as these episodes go by since we've been talking about all that food i'm not gonna lie i'm hungry mate. i'm starving mate, mate, okay mate. so we're gonna close out this episode and as always we want to hear from you so drop a comment here on youtube or go and join our instagram at to my sisterhood to join in the conversation and of course you can come and say hi to us individually come and say hi to our lovely fitness queen here Renee Kapuku and you can come and follow me at Boating
1: wonderful and just a reminder that if you do need a little bit more help or a little bit of you know support you can always check out better help they yes. are our partners and we definitely love them we have both actually used them individually so we can vouch for the amazing and wonderful support that they yes. do give and that is betterhelp.com forward slash to my sisters the yes. link will also be below and also by this time that this comes out hashtag tanzania oh, oh the ladies that will be coming up with us to tanzania hello hi good afternoon good evening good morning we are super super excited and we hope that this is an opportunity for us to really start branching out into more meetups more yes. engagements more lots of fun things in fact guys give us some ideas what other places do you want us to come to what other things could we be doing to engage with the sisters more broadly we know that there is a global community and we really want to be able to impact and reach yeah. every single one of you hopefully fingers crossed remember there's only two of us so we only have two heads <laughs> for now um for now for now um but aside from that thank you all for your support as courtney mentioned please please subscribe if you're new here hello welcome to the sisterhood if you're a long-standing long-suffering <laughs> member of the system but it's, it's suffering because suffering. we've been snatching their edges long since 2020 um thank you for sticking around thank you for your support it means a lot to us and please continue to share like respond all that kind of good stuff so we can grow the sisterhood nice and big and join our mailing list we are sick and tired of telling you guys join the mailing list there's some excellent wonderful tidbits of information and love and just heart heartening messages that you receive each week so please sign up to that yeah follow us on all socials tiktok twitter
2: and at to
1: my sisterhood yes
2: and check out the blog as well if you like reading things okay to my sisters.com which is also i've seen a couple of you you don't know where to submit your dilemmas to my sisters.com that's it, that's the central place for everything if everything. you're trying to find us okay as always remember keep glowing
0: and growing hold up